God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today and hope everybody had a nice uh, Memorial Day holiday to celebrate or not to celebrate, to remember uh, our fallen heroes. And my favorite word is gratitude. And and, uh, I always ask people when they're feeling blue or... Uh, not having a, a good experience in life <clears throat> to to always just try to reflect on the good things in their life and to try to figure out a path forward, never looking back, but always forward. Um, but remembering, uh, remembering the sacrifices that were were made to afford our freedoms. You know, this uh, year has has been very trying in that area um in 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 the area of uh being thankful or having gratitude in your heart and i always say um that that gratitude always comes from within your own heart and how you feel about your own self and i think that's the most important thing um when we talk about racial divide and Black, uh, black and white, and and Hispanic uh, divisions that the government seems to be per, 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 uh, pursuing, divide and conquer. Right? They want to divide us, and then they will want to take away our guns, and and they want to tax us, and send our jobs overseas, and they want to they want to basically conquer us. The middle class is really their enemy uh, for the le- liberal left. The, the the middle class because the elites are already in control they like the tyranny and the unification of a party they don't like dissent they don't like debate they don't like having to work out for a struggle they don't like to be tested they don't like to be questioned and so you know, these liberal elites get spoiled. 
but they're at the top and they want to stay there and they don't want to have to be questioned. They don't want to have to be pressured. They don't want to have to be uh, compete, you know, against an emerging technology and emerging threat to their existence, their livelihood. There's a lot of competing influences. I just read this story where in England they they came up with a pill that could actually beat cancer. I retweeted that. And I thought, wow, there's going to be some people that are going to be super happy about that. And guess what? There are going to be some pharmaceutical people that are going to be extremely sad about that. And they might even do anything they can to block it. We've heard of this for decades uh, about some of the elite pharmaceuticals that see an upstart pill, some guy in his laboratory, basement laboratory, invents a uh, resolution to a problem that was making billions of dollars for a corp- for an industry, for a corporation. And then this upstart comes along and ruins it all for everybody. See, so there's always a competition, no matter if it's good or evil. And a lot of people say that the struggle that we're in is not necessarily between Democrats and Republicans or liberals and conservatives, but really good versus evil. So when we look back at this Memorial Day, there's been a lot of talk about um, how politicized things have become. And yet, I still say, find gratitude in your heart and don't ever, ever forget what the fallen have given you and done for you. They can't control everything. Those people that gave their lives for our country, they cannot control, you know, what kind of fraud Joe Biden brings to the table. They can't control what the radical left and the Brookings Institution, Atlantic Council, uh, inside the Beltway think tankers have in store for our country, whether it's a Russian hoax, whether it's a Ukrainian witch hunt, you know, with a perfect call to try to impeach a president, whether it's a soft coup against a leader they don't like, or whether it's something else, pushing an agenda an agenda that's not good for the middle, but good for the voter base, good for the unions, good for the illegal migrants that they could turn into voters. And they can move those voter IDs around the country and win battleground districts as a result of it. To flip Texas and turn Texas blue. All of these things are in play. But the people that gave their lives, gave their lives for freedom, liberty, and justice. They gave their lives for that. They fought for the flag. And frankly, they lived in a time that was probably better when it came to patriotism and what our country was all about. It was a simpler time. But here we are. And someone like Tucker Carlson speaks up about it. He says, you know, I object to the State Department, for example, waving the Black Lives Matter flag at the top of every embassy in the world. 
along with the United States flag. I think that's a ludicrous, ridiculous, most ridiculous idea. I I absolutely abhor it. And not just for the reasons that you might think. Because I don't like Marxism, yes, that's true. And I don't think that our country should be waving a Marxist flag around like that. I don't think our country should be getting involved with saying black lives matter when all lives matter. I would endorse an all lives matter flag, but then I would even ask why. There was talk about on a special occasion, I guess it was a rainbow flag to be put atop the State Department embassies. This only happened, I believe it just started happening under Biden's uh, tenure, hopefully short-lived tenure after Arizona gets their results. But I don't think it was something, you know, like obviously under the Trump administration, there was no incentive to recruit transvestites into the military. I mean, you got these numbnuts, these literally, these libtards in the top brass of the Pentagon now. It started with Obama firing all the conservative voices in the Pentagon and replacing them with libtards, a bunch of liberal, multi uh, military industrial complex political hacks They were running the show and seeing things the way that the administration would like to see them. Where they would come out and say to their soldiers, climate change is the biggest existential threat. Based on what? Do you know that there have been since 1967, I saw this report, 41 different claims, wild claims, of climate change and doomsday scenarios and dates that were written and dates that were passed through and the prognostication, the prediction, didn't happen. And so the meme said, climate change, uh, 41 uh, climate change prognostications and zero... Uh, truth to any one of them. So they're 0 and 41 with their claims. They're 0 and 41. So you got to look at that and say, who should you believe? Trust the the science? Uh, What science? I could get 10 scientists to say one thing and 10 scientists to say another. I can get 10 pollsters to say one thing and 10 pollsters to say another. Statistics can be whatever you want to make it. And that's what it's based off of, statistics and algorithms. And we all know how algorithms work. Just look at Facebook, the biggest joke of a social media platform ever, run by a liberal, socialist, radical ideologue that wants to rig elections because they don't have ideas. And that's the sad truth. And so here we are. In the wake of Memorial Day, and Tucker Carlson gets chewed out for merely questioning what what it's about. And so the idea is that it does feel different. It feels different when the guy that's sitting in the Oval Office says, have a nice long weekend. 
It doesn't even have a picture of a flag or any remnant of what Memorial Day was supposed to be. And apparently uh, Joe Biden and uh, Dr. Jill, Dr. J, you know, she likes to be called doctor, even though it's like ridiculous, but it's all about labels. Goes into this swanky French restaurant in Washington, D.C. Instead of, you know, doing something more patriotic. Reading a speech is not patriotic. Talking in platitudes. But here we are, and one has the question, you know, in the wake of draconian shutdowns, destruction of our middle-class jobs, uh, higher taxes, ridiculous spending. You know that $6 trillion infrastructure deal is all about rigging elections, don't you? You know it's all about, it's not about roads and bridges and tent dams and levees. It's not about that. There's crumbs in, in that $6 trillion for that. This is all about reparations, payback, and bailouts for states that did the draconian lockdowns the best. We're going to reward you for your losses. We know you took a hit. And we're going to give back to you because we want to thank you for destroying your state and putting people out of business, particularly the middle class, and helping us win an election by instilling fear. You know, it brought me to another thought, too, and how important media has become. You know, there's a lot of talk about media, news media malfeasance and how, you know, the coverage is so different. Like, who was the first one to say that the virus came from Wuhan? Who was the first one? I'll, I'll, I'll let you think about it for a second. I'd say it was Donald Trump. Donald Trump was probably the first American to say, stand up and say, along, along with the Scott Adams show, that this, this crap came from Wuhan. Dr. Yen, Dr. Lee Yen, said the same thing. And it was Lee Yen's research that said this was a bioweapon came out of Wuhan. And when I posted on Facebook a few months back, in like early February, I got banned from Facebook for 30 days. Why would they ban something that's feasible? Now they're all saying the word feasible. It's all feasible. So now you can't get banned for that. Or you won't get banned for that. Because their fact checkers actually corrected themselves. These fact checkers are ridiculous. But it lends me to this new thing. So the first guy that was saying Wuhan was the origin was Trump. And when they came out with the Hunter Biden laptop, they said it was a conspiracy theory. It was whack-a-mani. And none of that, now they're coming around and starting to say, well, there's something to this laptop. And now they're starting to say, yeah, there's something to this Wuhan story and this gain of function. Because they see that they got Fauci on tape in 2012 
promoting gain of function. They got Fauci hiding the fact that gain of function was reactivated in 2017 under the Trump administration, where the Trump administration didn't know anything about it. They hid it from the Trump administration. Talk about sabotage. At the same time that Mark Zaid, the attorney for Eric Ciarmella, the so-called whistleblower that gave uh, tips to uh, George, uh, great uh, Ambassador Kent and uh, with the bow tie and um, and Vin- Alexander Vindman, the, in my opinion, the traitor wrapped up in a military uniform who then uh, talked with Fiona Hill and Maria Yovanovitch and they were all trying to get Trump to to stay away from Ukraine because Lindsey Graham and John McCain and Amy Klobuchar were doing missile weapons deals. They're photographed and videoed with Poroshenko Poroshenko on New Year's Eve during the Trump transition. So that would be December 31st, 2016. They're all hanging out with Poroshenko and his military with their new weapons. Photographs galore. Meanwhile, McCain, Amy Klobuchar on the same trip, and Lindsey Graham are in Latvia and Lithuania, and they're getting medals put on their chests. Then they hang out in um, other other countries in the area. Um, Mogu, not Mogu, uh, uh name slips, begins with an M. But in any case, same kind of BS. And they're running guns gun distribution and again this military industrial complex right now under Biden is back in business where they're taking the funds away from the wall and they're giving it back to the military but they're cutting military spending at a time when they should be increasing considering what China is doing we need to be safe there's one thing more important than election integrity and that's probably national security we got to have a secure nation, but we also have to have fair elections. Without fair elections, I think we lose our national security because you have numbnuts sitting in the White House that don't know what the heck they're doing. Or they're in it for themselves, and they know exactly what they're doing. You know, you can't have it both ways. You can't be smart and stupid at the same time. It's got to be either one or the other. I think these people that make it to the top aren't dumb, really. I throw those words around, but I think that they're calculated. I think that they're shysters. I think that they think of themselves first. I think they're villains. I also think they're smart. They're cagey. And they're tough to beat. Because when they have the media on their side, because the media is an ideologue. And they exploited that. Like when you know, like I always use this example, but when you know that Sonny in in The Godfather, played by James Caan, in Godfather 1, you know he's a hothead. You know he's a red-blooded Italian that's a hothead. And when someone hits his sister, you know what his reaction is going to be. 
He's going to be a tough guy. He's going to get in his car and he's going to go and uh, exact some justice for his sister. And that's how they got him. They got him because he was so predictable. They got him and they shot him on the causeway. And that's exactly what happened there. So when you get these liberals in the mainstream media and you see them, you know exactly that they're going to be sucking their thumb at night. They're going to be hanging on a pacifier. If you tell them to wear a mask, they're going to say, yes, sir, ha, hi. You know? I mean, somebody had a good meme about the Black Lives Matter flag on top of the embassies. And they say, okay, so when we get new, when Trump gets back into office, are, are we going to make everybody uh, wear red MAGA hats at the State Department? No, they would actually object to that, right? Because they're all liberals in the State Department. Every State Department official I know is a liberal. I, I know very few uh, conservatives that are in the State Department. I don't think there are any. They're all this, it's, it's, it's sort of the same culture as, as uh, the universities. And the universities are dominated, like 90% of the universities are liberal. 90% of the State Department is liberal. And they all act like they're intellects because they read a book. But that does not make you, a book smart does not make you smart. But somehow they think that with their arrogance and their high-paying jobs, I mean, these are government jobs that pay out the nose. And then they get pensions on top of that. But these are people that are all liberal, every one of them. Just about 90%. Just like in the universities. And the universities and the think tankers sit down with and have meetings with the intellectual and think tankers in the State Department and at the Brookings Institution and over at the Atlantic Council. And meanwhile, they're hatching a coup. They're wiretapping and eavesdropping in on calls and and leaking crap to the media, just like Mark Felt did in Watergate, just like James Comey did in the FBI. Both were FBI, but I mean, in the, in the Russian hoax. To perpetuate a lie that was designed to overthrow a government. These people should be brought up on treason and locked away for a long time. Some people would say even put to death. And so here we are in the wake of Memorial Day and we have to question all these things now because the people that gave their lives for our freedom, liberty, and justice... They had no control over the madness and the, the corruption. All they did was fought for what they, the principles that they believed in. And I believe that they did an honorable thing. And they are to be respected. And we are to be grateful. And if you can't find happiness in your heart, you got to get yourself checked. You can find happiness in your heart. This sounds like a doom and gloom episode here in the Scott Adams Show, but really it's it's about hope too. But it's also a reminder to say, well, we can't allow this to continue. We have to fight back. We cannot allow them to take our guns away. We cannot allow them to silence our speech. 
We cannot allow them to control our media. I mean, you got the State Department. You got the you got journalism. It's ninety percent liberal. You got universities that are ninety percent liberal. That's not healthy, folks. And then you got these corrupt cities, cities full of corruption. I mean, the guy in Philadelphia, Jim Jim Jim, Jim Kenny. I knew him when he was a city council guy. He used to be staggering drunk at this place called Race Tree Cafe almost every other night. And the people at Race, uh, every one of them, they were, uh, they were all um, liberals to the hilt. And they would cover for him. He was like their pseudo-celebrity. And he would just come in there staggering drunk. He's running one of the biggest cities in America, one of the biggest economies, the city of Philadelphia. And it's not because he's the brightest guy, he's the sharpest tool in the shed. I actually spoke with his sister and his ex-wife, who he cheated on left and right. And Jim Kenny is just such a scumbag in so many ways. Yet he's the mayor of Philadelphia, been reelected in a landslide. And it's just absolutely ridiculous that we have this kind of leadership that doesn't, neither do, do they walk the walk or talk the talk. They, they can't, you know, if they could run the city, anybody can is my point. But they're not doing great things. They're covering up, <clears throat> they're getting rich off the taxpayer dollars. And who is voting for these people? I mean, literally, there are votes going to them. These are people that are not doing their due diligence. They're not opening their eyes. I have an advantage because I, the, the uh, lo- local um, cafe, restaurant, bar that I used to frequent was his water hole. And it just lucked out that way that I know that. But this is, uh, you know, this is the guy that, I mean, if you go back to his first and second year as mayor, he did some really horrible things. I mean, there's just too many things, and this isn't about Philadelphia. This is a national show. But I'm just saying that these uni-party cities, these cities where there's just one party, that's where our country's headed. And so, yeah, we have a right to complain and and we have a right to worry. We have a right to to real. We have a right to object that our military, guided by a bunch of libtards, is recruiting transvestites and using the brochure of financing genital mutilation free of charge in order to get them into the military. Now, you could look at it a couple of different ways. You could say, are they trying to kill them? Is this eugenics to get rid of these bad? Uh, and I don't want to say transvestite people are bad. That, that I almost slipped and said that. That's not what I would mean. I wouldn't have meant that. All people have good in their heart. and I don't want to, I don't want to be uh, labeled as saying that. You know, I think Caitlyn uh, or Bruce Jenner means well. I think it's ridiculous, though, we're at a point where the 
token Republican in California is this transvestite former decathlon. It's a freak show. You know, it's an absolute freak show. We can't do better than that. What the heck is Ronna McDaniel doing? You know, in Arizona, for example, Doug Ducey, the uh, governor, Governor Ducey in Arizona, has objected 22 different pieces of legislation, including election integrity bills, completely rejected them to try to get a handle on the elections, rejected them. Who is who is you know who is the legal team representing the Republican interests in Arizona? You got to ask. And why isn't Ronnie Rona McDaniel doing a better job? Like I said, in 2020, 20, in 2020, she had Secretariat, who, as you may recall, is the best, fastest, best horse that ever lived. And uh, as a thoroughbred. And I think Trump was the best candidate we could have ever dreamed up. And yet somehow she allowed defeat. She allowed Congress to go into the hands of Nancy Pelosi. And again, I believe it was through election fraud because if you recall in 2018, there were all these late turn, late flip-flops on elections. All these seats in Arizona and Orange County, California, flipped, changed from red to blue. That was just a precursor of things to come. And the big, big one was this. I'm hoping and praying that <clears throat> this manual count to which they're more than 50% of the way through and effectively June 1st, Arizona goes the way of a three shifts, morning, noon, and night. Apparently, they want to get this, this count done before 4th of July. Wouldn't that be great if President Trump takes back the Oval Office before Independence Day, what a celebration America would celebrate. That would be like Francis Scott Key all over again, and the flag was still there, waving through the night and into the next day, into the dawn. And here we go, you know? I mean, it could happen. I mean, the popular consensus is is that if they do find fraud, like ironclad fraud, it's going to be a domino effect. And Georgia and Pennsylvania, you know, Pennsylvania is looking at Lucerne County, which is a county where there was a lot of problems with the Dominion machines in the uh, recent primary election in May. I think it was, no, maybe it was March, April, May. Um it was basically a recent primary election. That was, it was in May. And uh, there was a lot of problems with that. Democrat, uh, Republicans were showing up as Democrats, stuff like that, on the screens. It's real problems. So they're looking into that. They might find, oh, why does this machine allow this to happen? Why does this machine do that? And then it will be another cause for looking at some other anomalies in other places from the 2020 election. 
We know there was fraud and we know that Joe Biden didn't get 81 million dollars. I mean, 81 million uh, votes. We know that. It's just simple math. Look at the guy. He can't talk in complete sentences. He has no charisma. He's not likable. Nobody likes him. He was given a speech over a Memorial Day and he got like a thousand views. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. Nobody even cares what he has to say. I know I don't. I could care less what Biden has to say or do because I know he shouldn't even be there. So the reason why our show has changed a little since since the election 2020 and since the inauguration day, January 20th, 2021, it's changed. I, I'm not talking about what the president does anymore. Because I don't believe any of that is real. It is real. It is real, though. I mean, I acknowledge that it is real. But I just don't feel it in my heart. I'm not going to talk about, you know, all the, you know, if, if the person who won the championship, like say it's the Super Bowl, and say... You know, instead of Tampa Bay and Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl this past year, what if it was the case that somehow it was rigged and this other team does wins? And it went, they, and we found out that there was all kinds of illegal refereeing and the fix was in. Everybody would look at that and say, well, that's not really the Super Bowl champions, is it? And they go around, prancing around, parading in every town. Hey, we're the Super Bowl champs. People would just not even show up. They would ignore it. We know you're not the champ. We know it. We know you took a dive. What was a boxer, right? We know you took a dive. We know you were paid off. Whatever. So it's like you don't even really pay close attention to a loser, a fraudster, a, a criminal such as Joe Biden. And already we're seeing inflation. We're seeing jo- uh, uh, under underwhelming job numbers. We're seeing crisis in the Middle East. And now, apparently, uh, Putin is threatening Biden. And why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't Putin test Joe Biden? I would. If I was Xi, I would. I would test him. You know, I have like 10 laptops from Hunter Biden, you know. Who's to say they, how much dirt do they have on Joe Biden? I bet you it's a ton. And if they have the dirt on Joe Biden, basically he's going to say and do anything he wants. And then you got one of the dumbest people I've ever known, uh, Susan Rice, running the shadow government. I believe, you know, a lot of people talk about Obama this being his third term. And we all know how much Joe B- uh, Barack Obama hated America. And this is the same two guys, right? Really. Because Kamala Harris is a puppet of the Obamas. Do you remember the Jesse Smollett thing, right? Well, Kamala and Jesse were connected. Kim Fox, the attorney in Chicago... Was a was a protege who looked at Kamala Harris as a mentor, 
And Kamala Harris was going out with Montel Williams, you know, walking the red carpets in L.A. I mean, she was just a bimbo. Sleeping with the mayor. Sleeping with everybody in town. I mean, she's not the sharpest tool in the shed. Just look how unappealing she is. She couldn't even get 1% of the Democrat side and 0% of the Republican side. Let's put it this way. She didn't help the ticket get 81 million votes. That's for sure. So you got this puppet of the Obamas connected in every way because she was doing the the anti-lynching bill and said, hey, America... We we want to, um, as a government, we want to tell you that it's illegal to, you know, go after black people and tie them up and, and burn them at the, at, on a tree. That's illegal in America. We need a law for that in 2021. I mean, it's it's absolutely insane, right? 2019, whatever that was. 20, I'll say 2018, I don't know. Um, but Jesse Smollett was in on that little hoax, right? To push... Uh, Cory Booker and Kamala Harris's Senate bill for anti-lynching, which is like in 20-whatever, is the most insane thing to think that you need a bill like that. And that's that, that was insulting to Americans right there. But it goes beyond that. I believe that she was the one that was chosen Susan Rice was the one that was is running the shadow government and that Joe Biden is a compromised insured as they say insured because they got so much dirt on him puppet and he knows it and the people that are really in charge are people like Jake Sullivan Mike Carpenter and a lot of these NSC, NSC people they come over for from Brookings Institution, Atlantic Council, they were in former administrations, and they were friends of the Obama administration, and they worked with Joe Biden, and it's all part of a systemized uh, pick-up-where-you-left-off kind of destruction of America. What Dinesh D'Souza talked about in 2016, Obama's America when he came out with that movie in 2012. It was so right then, and still right now. The disruption was Donald Trump. He was never supposed to win. And he won. And he completely flipped upside down and stalled their agenda to take take over America and make it a one-party system. And that's why you see this flood of illegal migrants coming through our border. That's why you see the uh, libtards at the top of the Pentagon that want to, you know, endorse transvestites in the military. That's why you see the State Department putting up Black Lives Matter, a Marxist group that finances and raises funds for who? Act Blue, the fundraising arm of the Democrat Party. This is why I think it's so ridiculous that your taxpayers are buying the flag that the stupid State Department is putting on top of their buildings around the world when all they do is finance and fundraise for Act Blue, 
the same organization that finances the Democrat Party. So when the NBA puts Black Lives Matter down their strip, their floorboards, again, they're they're doing that to, to support the Democrat Party. So if, as a Republican, why in the world would I ever give the NBA two, two seconds of my time? And, and the other part is when Muriel Bowser, the mayor of D.C., or uh, Big Bird de Blasio, Bill de Blasio of New York City, when they paint with taxpayer dollars, not their own money, and build plazas, named after a Marxist group called Black Lives Matter, the dumbest name I've ever heard, because all lives matter. It's not just black lives. That's narcissistic and greedy. That's racist, in my opinion, to go with skin color on that. And so, they're using your tax dollars to create marketing campaigns for the Democrat Party. Think about it. When they give money to the teachers unions and Planned Parenthood, and those two organizations turn around and give money exclusively to Democrat candidates down ticket. But yet the money that they were given came from Republicans and Democrats alike. That's not fair. And it ought to be objected to. And lawyers in America that are conservative need to address these situations. We need more ACLUs that lean conservative because the ACLU never once came to bat for Donald Trump despite all of the attacks that he endured. And I want to take it to this one final point and we actually have audio clips and stuff that I wanted to play today too, but um, the point is this. The point is, is that, you know, when we start talking about gain of function and we start talking about pandemics that were, it's starting to look like these pandemics were planned. Like if Fauci tried to cover up to the Trump administration, the gain of function was reactivated. And that was done in December 2017. Then heading into 2018, it seems to me, that at the same time that they were waging the Russian hoax, and then at the, uh, and after the Russian hoax was complete, where they had this ridiculous two-year, you know, went right into 2018, And it spoiled the election. Believe me, the Bob Mueller special counsel had an impact on the 2018 election that cost uh, the Republicans the House. And Ronald McDaniel just sat there and watched. And Kirsten Kirsten Nielsen, I think, did her best but failed. And she ended up losing her job as a result of the election failures because DHS was supposed to be responsible for election fraud to a large extent back then. And remember, too, Kobach, uh, the guy from Kansas, had an election fraud committee, election integrity committee, and they were constantly being sued when they wanted to do audits of lists. 
registration lists. They were being sued by states. States wouldn't cooperate. Then the Supreme Courts had to get involved. And if there's one thing I wish that Trump didn't do is I wish he didn't dismantle that group because they could have taken the legal angles and they could have gotten these things heard at the higher courts. They should have done that and they didn't. And that was unfortunate. So I've been talking a lot about this, you know, the vaccines and, and, and the adaptation of that. But it gets into other areas, and I'm going to be starting to write some th- articles, and it's going to be maybe part of a book interest I have, um, where we talk about public policy and its relationship with the media. That's why they send up trial balloons. And its relationship with corporations and corporate sponsorships. Like, for example, when we had open borders and we had all these migrants not bothering to learn English, the language of America, and they came in and they couldn't speak English, but yet they would come over here illegally. It's why corporations then said, well, we'll help with the migration. We'll help ease the bur- the the barriers to entry by... Uh, endorsing or accepting the restriction or requirement that says we should have dual dual languages in our voice systems, uh, on our phone systems. So if you speak Spanish, press 1. Every government adopted that. Every government agency, I should say, I mean. Every government department. If you speak Spanish, press 1. 1. Okay. Como se almost did. You know, um, so basically, um, you get that, and that creates, a, a, like, a, a, it reduces a barrier to entry. And it helps illegals who are not bothering to learn the language. You know, now, Trump supported merit-based, as, as did I. And I just think, if you're going to be want to be an American citizen, you got to have a skill. We want your best. And you probably ought to know the language. And you ought to, you know, so you're not so dependent on the government. Right? Because if you can't speak the language, how are you going to service American people? You know, if you're if you're in a services industry, how are you going to engage in corporate negotiations if you're in the a white collar person and you can't speak English? It doesn't really make a lot of sense. We're Americans. We speak English here. So, you know, just those little requirements would go a long way in resolving a lot of problems with regard to poverty in America and, you know, this exploitation of our generosity where these illegals come in and they take all of our assets that middle-class taxpayers are financing. Next thing you know, middle-class taxpayers' jobs go overseas to Ireland or somewhere because corporate taxes are too high and the corporation CEOs have a fiduciary duty to their shareholders to maximize profits. It's all fundamental and built in. So I've been talking about this, though, where say you want to have vaccines. The reason why they're pushing, we need 70% of the people in America to adopt vaccines 
And the problem that they're having with the left is a situation where the more and more people that are getting the vaccines are being now told, oh, do vaccines work or do they not work? They're between a rock and a hard place. So they go, they work. So, but they don't work enough to where you should still wear your mask because you could still get infected. So that Bill Maher and a couple other people came out and said, I got fully vaccinated and I still got the uh, COVID. See, that was a very confusing blow and I think that was a trial balloon. I think that was a trial balloon. They used someone like Bill Maher to get the media attention, to get the media balloon out there. How is that going to work? It creates confusion. Because masks, social distancing, distancing and lockdowns, our economy can't sustain it. Long gone be, be past the, the red line. But the idea is, is that at what point, where, where do you go? So if you say, okay, now they finally did come to a conclusion. And believe me, they wrestled with this. And they said, okay, if you have a vaccine, it works. Because you're not going to take it if, you, if it doesn't work. So that blew up in their faces. Hey, Bill Maher, it doesn't work for him. Why should I even bother taking it if it doesn't work? Well, they want you. To, they want to trick you into believing it works, for sure. Now, it might be the year from now, COVID-22 uh, is another strain, and the vaccine you took today doesn't work. How do you like those apples? So it doesn't make a lot of sense, you know, one way or the other. But okay, so they had to double down on the vaccines work. We'll pay you a million dollars if you live in Ohio and part of a lottery. Or we'll give you a a free beer or free pizza, whatever it takes. A free hamburger from Shake Shack. All these different corporate incentives to um, get people to take the vaccines. We want you to take them. They really do work. Oh, if they really do work, then I don't have to wear a mask. Okay, yeah, that's the deal. So they really do work and you don't have to wear a mask. That, that that's what we're going with now. Trust the science. But the science changes weekly, right? And so now it's that. So now you got 30% of the people not wearing masks. I took the vaccine. I don't have to wear a mask. And now everybody's looking around like, well, I don't know who got the vaccine, who didn't. They're not wearing a mask. I guess I don't have to. If the mandate restrictions are removed as a reward for vaccines, well, then I don't. But if they don't get the 70%, then you can't have the vaccine passport, which is how they really want to control you. So they want to control the population like globalists always do. They start wars to get refugees to come to Europe and work as slave laborers. They open the borders and get caravans of illegal migrants to come from Venezuela or Syria or wherever. And next thing you know, they're coming from the triangle, but they're coming from all over. And they're coming through our border and they're setting up shop in battleground districts, being bused to different places, giving money and a whole host of other things. And But the point is, is at some point, you know, these people are converted and their, their populations are being moved around the globe. It's called globalism, folks. State Department's in on it. The UNIT ends in on it. it. It's all part of a plan. And we don't support it. And so 
We're going to um, let that go for a little bit. Um, but the issue is where do we go from there? Where do we go from here? So when uh, the, 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 the uh, 70-30, so the, if they can't get the 70 and they won't with this vaccine, it's a problem like I just described, right? It's one or the other. It's both. It's what? So they're not going to get the 70%, and the corporations are going to have to figure out how they're going to get the vaccine passports. And if 70% took the vaccine, then the corporations would side with the 70%. But since it's only vaccines are only 30%, maybe 50%, that's not enough for corporations to endorse the vaccine. That's my point. So the idea is it seems to be a little bit of a conflict. And now that we're learning more and more about Fauci and how this may have been a pre-design attack on America, possibly to rig elections, to destroy the Trump economy, and to prevent Trump from getting reelected, which all happened, and also to crush the middle class and change you know, and control populations around the world. I mean, it's very possible because everything I just said was impacted by the virus. So it's kind of crazy, really, when you think about it. But we're at the end of our show, and uh, we're not going to have any music going out because uh, somehow my uh, track playlist was off. But be sure to check out scottadamshow.com for the podcast. Be sure to check out magapack.org and buglecall.org. They're doing great work over there. And uh, we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye now.